Ditch the clowns on the left. And the jokers on the right. And join Michael Smirconish right here in the middle. This is the Smirconish Podcast for independent minds. It's Friday, August 12. What a week. What a last 24 hours. And this is August. As one who's been doing this for quite some time, take it from me. It used to be that a Friday in mid-August was an evergreen day. In other words, you go to the file of the things that you collect that are timeless. I had one such element ready to go for today, although I'd planned it several days ago, having no idea what was going to transpire with Mar-a-Lago. Best songs, someone actually did the research on this. Best songs to calm your dog, worst songs for your dog's behavior. TC and Dan cut them all up. They're ready to go. There's a top 10 list. Here, best song to calm your dog. How deep is your love? How deep is your love? No woman, no cry. Love that little reggae. No, no, no. We're not doing this today. Turn that off. We are not doing it. My point is we're not doing it. We can't do it. Worst songs for your dog's behavior. Black Dog by Led Zeppelin. And Back in Black by ACDC. I've decided that the worst songs for our dogs are some of my favorite songs of all time. But, ladies and gentlemen, that will have to wait. Instead, what's on my mind is this. What possible motivation could Trump have had to hold on to classified information, especially of a nuclear nature, if that's what it is? If that's what it is. And that's what I most want to know. It's it's too open-ended to have been a poll question, a survey today at Smirconish.com. Instead, I've gone with this. When we know what was found at Mar-a-Lago, will we reach consensus as to the propriety of the search? Because that's what we've been debating all week long. The propriety of the search. Was it necessary? Was it overreach? And my answer to today's poll question is no. When we know what was found at Mar-a-Lago, when we definitively know this is what it was all about, we will not reach consensus. And the reason we won't reach consensus is because we are all already too dug in. Anybody who listens to this program on an ongoing basis or watches me on CNN knows that I think the polarized media has outsized influence and calls way too many shots in this country. Yesterday, there were so many developments pertaining to former President Trump, and many of them, the stage was being set by the media, as I will explain. First of all, there was that New York Times, oh, and the, the links that I reference, the stories that I cover, of course, you can rest assured they are posted at Smirconish.com for your ease right now and were contained in this morning's daily newsletter. The first big story yesterday was the New York Times reporting that there had been a subpoena issued for documents held by President Trump, former President Trump. The lead of the story said months before the FBI arrived at Mar-a-Lago, Mr. Trump had received a subpoena this spring in a search of documents that federal investigators believed he had failed to turn over earlier in the year. The existence of the subpoena, skipping around here, the existence of the subpoena helps to flesh out the sequence of events that led to the search and suggests the Justice Department tried methods short of a search warrant. Now, you've heard me here this week 
asking aloud, why was that route not pursued instead of a search? Turns out that it was. Now, does that resolve the issue? Does that stop the debate as to whether the Justice Department did all they could have done to exercise the least intrusive means? It does not. They issued a uh, a subpoena. Documents were produced. Not all documents were produced. Conversations were ongoing. Then came the execution of the search warrant. What else could they have done? Well, they could have filed a motion to compel. They could have issued a second subpoena. What we really don't know, and the lawyer in me wants to know the nitty-gritty of the process, the way in which this was litigated, but we just don't know. I'm thinking of a call in yesterday's program, I think in the second hour, female caller who said to me that I had, in a nice way, she said, you, you know, you've gone too soft on the president. He had documents. What, what else do you want the Justice Department to do? She may or may not have said. And I said, well, they, they could have issued a subpoena. Okay, they did issue a subpoena. The subpoena didn't do all that they wanted it to do. And the question then is, should they have gone to DEFCON 5? So there's that. Then, second big story of the day yesterday, enter the Washington Post with a five-person byline. And and this tidbit, which really wasn't explained, classified documents relating to nuclear weapons were among the items FBI agents sought in a search of former President Donald Trump's Florida residence on Monday, according to people familiar with the investigation. Now, that would seem pretty definitive, if true. Relating to nuclear weapons, what exactly does that mean? We don't know. Very vague. And then, of course, A.G. Garland comes out, and I said it immediately. Now, everybody's saying it. I'm not saying they parroted me. We're just all using the same descriptor. He called Trump's bluff. Justice filed a motion just as the A.G. was coming out to unseal the warrant and the inventory We've been over this several times, not the affidavit. There's a difference. The warrant is that which would have been issued by the federal magistrate judge in Florida. The inventory would be a listing of what was seized. The affidavit would be more descriptive and would give rise to the argument as to why this was necessary. We're not going to see the affidavit. Trump already has the warrant and the inventory. Nothing has stopped or stops him now from releasing both. And yet the narrative into the night last night was that he was probably going to oppose it. And then via Truth Social, he releases a statement. It says this. Not only will I... I'm looking at the time of this, 2339. So if I'm correct, it's, you know, it's, it's like quarter to midnight. Not only will I not oppose the release of documents related to the un-American, unwarranted, unnecessary raid and break-in of my home in Palm Beach, Florida, Mar-a-Lago, I am going a step further by encouraging the immediate release of those documents, even though they have been drawn up by radical left Democrats and possible future political opponents who have strong and powerful vested interest in attacking me, much as they have done for the last six years. Why didn't he just produce them? He could have released them at Truth Social. In fact, in one fell swoop, he could have boosted 
Truth Social, because then everybody would be going there to see the documents. This is the Smirconish Podcast from Sirius XM. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS, Sirius XM Channel 124, and on the SXM app. When we get the information, are we going to be able to see beyond our partisan lens? I will, by the way. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to keep part of my powder dry. This thing is evolving. My opinion changes as details are forthcoming. But man, that's not what I saw in the media last night. Holy crap. I didn't hear any conservative media say what I just said, which is release the information. Before he made that announcement, at quarter of 12 last night, they were all waiting to take their cues. Nobody was exhibiting any independence. And by the way, from the left, it's all, you know, a complete condemnation. I I need to make sure that I'm not only critical of those on the right because they were towing the Trump line waiting for him. And then, of course, you know, getting their marching instructions from the primetime lineup on Fox News. But so, too, on the left, they've already convicted him of what statute they're not sure. I tweeted yesterday that when Garland came out and I thought I thought was compelling, he couldn't have said more. Maybe he said too much. I said, I wonder how nervous some of the media personalities and Republican lawmakers are for having given Trump a total pass. Hat tip to Brian Stelter, because in Reliable Sources newsletter late last night, early this morning, he he goes through and he tells you what I'm describing. He summarizes what was being said in the primetime hours on Fox News. For example... Jesse Waters said on Fox that a liberal librarian wanted boxes of materials and Trump kept cooperating even when they came back with a subpoena. Some of the stuff in storage wasn't even documents. It was like golf balls and Oval Office raincoats. Trump's a memento guy. This was just a fishing expedition. On Hannity, Florida, former Florida Attorney General Pam Bondi said it was an assault. There were hundreds of agents that had to have been weaponized to pull the assault off at Mar-a-Lago. Notwithstanding that they weren't wearing the FBI windbreakers and they were trying to do it in a lower key fashion. That's me speaking, obviously not Pam Bondi. Uh, Tucker Carlson guest host last night was Brian Kilmeade. He read part of the Washington Post story, the nuclear story, to Laura Trump. And then turned it into a joke. Quote, did you see any nuclear reports at the Mar-a-Lago club, maybe around the pool or the lifeguard stand? She said, of course not. Then came Laura Ingram. It's now the 10 o'clock hour. He ridicules Garland and says it looks like they laundered their latest explanation for the search through the Washington Post, saying the nuclear documents reference could mean anything. It could be a printout from the Nuclear Regulatory Agency or the Department of Energy. It could be, by the way. I mean, she's right. I have no idea. Maybe it's a Jackson Brown No Nukes album or the Springsteen show from the late 70s. I don't know. But I want to see. And on this issue of the impact of the sort of provocateurs on the political intelligentsia, here's the third must-read of the day. One is the Times story that says there was a subpoena issued. They rewrote that story. We, we got confused when it came time to post it at Smirconish.com this morning because it didn't look 
in the same fashion that it did last night. But read it. And then there's the Washington Post on the nuclear aspect. Ill-defined, but they use the word nuclear. Peter Wenner, recent guest here of mine on POTUS, writing in The Atlantic, noting that commentators in right-wing media have been issuing extraordinarily reckless and inflammatory language. Steve Bannon, Trump's one-time political advisor, called the FBI the Gestapo, said, we need to choke down the FBI and choke down justice. Dinesh D'Souza, pardon me, Dinesh D'Souza, the FBI, an organization set up to fight organized crime, has become the most powerful organized crime syndicate in the world. Former House Speaker Newt Gingrich, among those who suggested the FBI might have planted evidence against Trump. Charlie Kirk, a talk show host, asks him, well, why would they do that? We'd be better off to think of these people as wolves. Wolves who want to eat you, wolves who want to dominate. Sebastian Gorka said that the FBI's action were a declaration of war. Mark Levin, this is the worst attack on this republic in modern history, period. It's a Stalinist hunt. You, you get the picture, right? Oh, 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 there's more. Actually, Bannon, Bannon, here's Alex Jones, right, now having been found financially liable for his besmirching of Sandy Hook families, and Bannon is still going on his show. By Wenner's account, Bannon, busily making the rounds, told conspiratorist Alex Jones, I don't think it's beyond this administrative state and their deep state to actually work on the assassination of President Trump. Bernie Carrick, the former New York City police commissioner, I'm deathly afraid for Donald Trump. I would not put assassination beyond these people. So, in light of the, um, in light of all of the above, I'm envisioning, to the extent anyone's in the office today, I'm envisioning what the water cooler looks like. I want to tell you what would be said by the Republican in the office and the Democrat in the office. And I'll do that in just a moment. This is the Smirconish Podcast from Sirius XM. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS, Sirius XM channel 124 and on the SXM app. If anybody's in the office today, and if there's a water cooler and people are gathered around it, this is what I envision. Maybe it's the Keurig. Like, if you're in the office and there's a Keurig, the Democrat says, see, there was a subpoena, and he didn't comply. So the execution of a search warrant was totally justified. And the Republican says, yeah, but he handed over some documents. He was cooperating. He was friendly. He even dropped by the meeting in June when they came to Mar-a-Lago. So why didn't they issue another subpoena? Or why didn't they file a motion to compel? Democrat says, hey, Donald Trump, if you were so victimized, you produce the warrant and the inventory. And then the Republican says, no, 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 no. It's not the warrant and the inventory. It's the affidavit. We want the affidavit. And initially, the response was, and the release of the warrant is up to the judge. I heard Janine Pirro say that last night. The release of the warrant is up. I've signed a million warrants. The release of the warrant is up to the judge. That's not true. Donald Trump possesses the warrant in the inventory. He could have handed it over immediately. Democrat says, these were nuclear documents. 
according to the Washington Post, of course there was a sense of urgency that demanded the execution of a search warrant. And then the Republican says, well, if that's the case, how come the warrant was signed on a Friday but not executed until a Monday? If it were so urgent, why wasn't it executed immediately? And of course, against this backdrop, with all this partisan bickering, you've got a guy who was at the Capitol on January 6th, killed by law enforcement in Ohio after appearing at an FBI field office with weapons. And what's now being reported, a social media account bearing his name, I'm not even going to name him, made a post on Truth Social, the social media platform founded by the former president, referencing an attempt to storm the FBI office and encouraging others online to prepare for a revolutionary-type war. The post about the FBI office attack was made minutes after the Ohio State Highway Patrol said the incident had begun, shortly after 9.15 a.m. This is scary stuff. And all of these words have consequences. All of these debates have meaning. And, and by the way, a lot of the scariness is now directed at federal magistrate judge Bruce Reinhardt. Here's a little trivia. A law school classmate of mine at the University of Pennsylvania. Holy crap. He's the guy in the eye of the storm. He's one of my classmates from Penn. Reinert graduated from Princeton University with a degree in civil engineering, got his law degree from the University of Pennsylvania, worked as a trial attorney in the public integrity section of the Department of Justice, was a senior policy advisor at the Department of Treasury before joining the federal prosecutor's office in West Palm Beach, Florida. And his background is now subject to the partisan debate because if you tune in at Fox, you will hear, and if it's accurate, then fine, it's fair game. That in social media, he's been critical of President Trump before he was in the current role. And yet there's more. Two days before he was appointed as a magistrate, his wife, Carolyn Bell, also a former prosecutor, was appointed to the Palm Beach County Circuit Court bench by who? Republican, then Republican Governor Rick Scott. Wow. David Brooks. I made an exception today. I, I painstakingly, and I, I say to Alice, who's the wonderful editor of the Daily Newsletter, I say, Alice, if I ever submit to you 20 links and you see more than one from any particular news source, make sure you flag it for me because that will have been in error. But not today. Today, two stories made Smirkondish.com's cut from the New York Times. One of them, the aforementioned subpoena story, because I thought that was significant. And the other, David Brooks, the columnist. Under the headline, did the FBI just reelect Donald Trump? He writes, America absolutely needs to punish those who commit crimes. On the other hand, America absolutely needs to make sure that Trump does not get another term as president. What do we do if the former makes the latter more likely? I have no clue how to get out of this political conflict between our legal and political realities. Right. The reality that thus far this has all helped Donald Trump. And then finally, in terms of my read in and that which I wanted to make sure you were aware of, the tweet from conservative columnist Jonah Goldberg. Just remember, if these reports are true, 
That means they can search an ex-president's home for vital nuclear documents and signals intelligence, and they can do the same to you, too. That was perfect. What was he intending to do? Why was he holding back these materials? There's got to be a financial angle, don't you think? Knowing him? So that's where we are, which means I don't know where we are. Today's an important day. Maybe it, maybe it all comes into the public domain today. What was found at Mar-a-Lago? Can we then reach consensus as to the propriety of the search? Hear more of Michael Smirconish on Sirius XM's POTUS, Channel 124. Live weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon east or anytime on the SXM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com. Michael Smirconish for Independent Minds.